0: Hello and welcome, I am Sofiko and this is Creative Minds Speaking, a podcast where I have conversations with creative industry professionals, bringing into the spotlight those incredible people who are behind the scenes of art and entertainment is the main goal of this podcast. In today's episode, I am very happy to chat with Nicole Casino. Nicole is a lay-based music business professional. She's CEO at 92 Creatives. She's artist manager, and moreover, she's a professional musician herself. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for finding time and doing this today. So happy to have you.
1: Hello, Miss Sofiko. I first want to say that I'm so glad that you are doing this and giving all of your guests a platform to speak about their endeavors and have a little conversation about the music business. And obviously, you're one of my dearest friends. That I've met along the way in my music business journey so super happy you asked me to be on and excited for our conversation.
0: Thank you so much thank you for your kind words and that's <laughs> exactly what I'm trying to do with my podcast I'm happy you're you get it and you're joining me oh
1: of course so
0: let's start okay uh, <laughs> you have um quite a background in music both as a musician and as a business professional. Could you please talk about your journey?
1: Yeah. Um man, it's it's almost crazy about like to to think about where to start because obviously as you mentioned, uh, being a musician or, or being a performer is kind of at my core. It's where I, it's where I got started. It's where this, you know, fire to be in the music industry kind of started. Um I'm a, a percussionist myself. so exploring the world of drumming and the performing world, especially, you know, traveling and meeting a bunch of other artists and musicians, um, I started to kind of pair my passion for performing with my passion for business because alongside my performing career, I was also getting my bachelor's degree in PR. So I was always constantly finding ways to kind of merge the two of like, well, I know I'm getting this degree in PR, but I don't want to leave music behind. It's, it was such a huge part of my life. Um, but because I hadn't taken any like music business courses or anything like that, it was very separate. Uh, it was like, well, this side of my life, I'm a performer and I get to travel and you know, dive into the music, and then on the other side of my life, I'm this PR business person that hadn't really found a bridge between the two yet, Um, and it wasn't until the last year of my bachelor's degree that a friend of mine was getting more involved in the music business here in LA. And he was just asking me for help about or help with like press stuff and like writing a bio, um, you know, doing a budget. And so that was kind of my introduction into the quote unquote artist manager profession. And I was like, huh, I didn't know that you could kind of like be this type of person uh, for an artist. So and then I realized that I had been doing it for myself. All along, like all those years, I was kind of my own artist manager, you know, finding opportunities and gigs and contracts and all that kind of stuff. So, long story short, um, I'm doing some research online about what I'm gonna do after my bachelor's degree, and I come across the master's program for Berklee College of Music, and I just remember reading the title. It's a global entertainment and music business. I was like, oh my gosh, like. They literally read my mind, like, this is exactly what I want to do. This is, you know, I read all the all the program requirements and all the classes I would get to take, and it was like, 100%, I'm in, I'm going to apply. Um, obviously, it meant I had to go abroad. I had to live abroad in Spain, as you know, um, and it was just a, a win-win from there. It kind of just started figuring out what my little areas of the industry I really liked, um what I can continue to merge with my own musicianship and my musician career. Um, and I knew that, you know, leaving what I had in LA was only going to be better off if I was to go, you know, explore the world of m- the music business. Like I needed to get out of the LA bubble a little bit to, to see what else was out there and to see what else I could excel at. Because I definitely don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't do that program. 100%. Um, so I always I always kind of lead with that. Um, you know I didn't really just go the music business route or I didn't stay in the musician route. I think it makes me uh, a little I don't want to say a, a better music industry professional but a more understanding artist manager, more understanding CEO um, of a music business company because I have a, an artist background or I still am a musician and a performer. Um, to this day. So, yeah, I I think it was kind of a long-winded answer, but I tried to to throw everything in there as best as I could. No,
0: that's exactly why we are here today, to listen to your journey. So, while being at Berkeley, you got an internship, you have been with the company for some time, but then you made a decision to leave and concentrate on developing your own company. Mm -hmm. My question is, why did you decide to choose the harder path when with your education, knowledge, and experience, you could literally work at any music business company?
1: <laughs> well, that's that's a, very comforting to hear you say that. Uh, <laughs> I still ask myself that to this day. Like, what are you doing? Like, just... just... Yeah, so as you said, I had a, an internship with Create Music Group in their distribution department, and... That was a a great intro to corporate music business. Um, you know, uh, they're not a major in any sense, but they are a very very massive indie company, um, especially the distribution part department. And I just felt like there were more things that I wanted to explore, more niches that were subjective to me um, that surrounding people surrounding musicians were saying hey there's a need for this and I couldn't necessarily do that um at create so I had to make a decision of like although I know it's what I needed at the time it's not where I wanted to be forever and Mm -hmm. if I wanted to kind of get a leg up and start researching and really create this business that I wanted for myself it now was the time to do it Uh, while my knowledge was still fresh and while I still had these connections um in the industry. And it just so happened that, uh, at the same time that I was leaving create or, or the reason I left create was also because I was getting a performing gig with Disney. So the performing gig w- with Disney would allow me to kind of still have some income, uh, with the time and energy I would need to start my own business. So it was kind of a, a best of both worlds in that moment. Um, so then when I graduated, quote unquote, like I moved over to my uh, own business, 92 Creatives. It started as a way to serve other musicians like myself. Um, I was already managing a few artists at the time, so I kind of put them under that umbrella. Uh, and over time, it's just kind of expanded as I've talked to other artists and talked to other managers in the business, especially um and knowing where I fit, and that is in the business space of an artist's career. So what that means is there's just a, a huge lack of knowledge uh, in artists in general about mm-hmm. business type of education, and that's just specific to the music industry. It's like they're nine times out of ten, they're not sure what a publishing rights organization is, or they're not sure how to sign up for ASCAP or BMI, or what kind of income streams they can bring in, um, how to budget, how to do a release, just like very basic. I mean, we think it's basic, but for them, it's a little different. Um, So it ended up becoming, 92 Creators has ended up becoming uh, a, a consulting entity along with um, a record label and a way to foster kind of new activities that I'll talk about in a second. But at its core, it's just an opportunity for artists to come on board and educate themselves with a partner in what do I need to make my artist career into a business? How do I run this as a business for success? Um, and oftentimes they say I can't focus on the business and the creative side at the same time. It's just It's almost impossible for them to do. I know that as an artist and they know that. So what we come in is they'll either be paired with myself or another person on the team or they'll work simultaneously with people uh, on the 92 Creative staff um, to kind of, uh, you know, walk with them in this journey or set things up for them. It's like if they come in and they don't have um, a business entity set up for their artist career, for example, like. Sophico Music LLC, it's better for them to funnel all of their income through that business than it is to just funnel it into their personal account. So we'll go mm-hmm. ahead and help them through that process wherever they're based. Um, we'll also kind of set up a year and goals for them. Like, what are, you, what are you trying to do in 2021? Uh, and we'll kind of sit through, are you going to be releasing music? How much music? Uh, what kind of campaigns can we run around this? and that's more the creative department. So it's kind of yeah, it's i'm I'm having trouble finding a way to explain it myself these days too because it's always growing and it's always kind of morphing into what the artists we work with need. Um, but it really is just like we are the partner for the artist or we are the, I don't know, catalyst for the artist to make their career into something. Just like a business would, and it just creates longevity for them too. So they're not just, you know, shooting in the dark with things. But mm-hmm. that's kind of where that happened. And I just felt like if I stayed in, you know, corporate or or the big major music business companies, I wouldn't have a chance to explore that. Um, and and who's to say that I might not end up there? But I think right now, uh, this is a time for me to explore and continue to offer the artists that I'm surrounded with, with the best knowledge that I can through, through my company. So.
0: And does 92 creatives concentrate on a certain genre?
1: It doesn't necessarily matter. I think by, you know, I'm I'm thinking of our roster now, we have a pretty eclectic group of musicians. You know, one of them is indie pop. One of them is alternative R&B. We have an EDM artist. We have a brass band, Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's kind of it, – I think it's more based on the mission and the drive and the message of the artists themselves, not necessarily what genre their music is. I, and I honestly think that just follows the trends of the music industry right now. We're almost becoming uh, a genre-less industry, uh, and it becomes more about, like, maybe trends. Um, what's a trending backbeat or what's a trending – melody or or top line uh as far as like music is concerned and then if fans resonate with your message that's going to be the most telling thing for success i think
0: yeah definitely and what would you say is um the biggest challenge of uh, being an artist manager for you
1: oh man um i know a lot of people have said this but The music industry is changing so fast and so drastically, sometimes day-to-day. There's a new platform, there's a new way to conduct business, there's a new strategy to try out. Um, So not only is it managing the expectations of the artist, it's managing what the music industry is doing and and understanding how that's going to fit in with your artist because sometimes people praise tiktok a lot especially here in the u.s um get on tiktok get your artists making content on tiktok but what if that's not the best platform for your artists it's like do you just do it to do it or do you really put some thought behind hey tiktok doesn't work but maybe we do something cool through patreon because our fan base is a little older or mm-hmm. our, our fans aren't on TikTok, as simple as that. So it's it's really about understanding what the differences are in the music industry, what kind of platforms are coming up. Um, and especially on our end, since we're involved in the business side of things, um, it's it's about knowing about software that can help payouts, um, can help ease the, the process of the back end or distribution, um, royalties, stuff like that. So managing all of this craziness that is <laughs> that is the, the that the is a lot <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: a lot definitely and somehow you managed to do it and combined with your with your own musical career um is there can you share a secret on how you're combined? <laughs> Combining this, your own business, and also doing music yourself, performing at Disney. Like, it's big. You are one of the first, or the first, dr- drummer at Disney uh, drumming uh, Martian band, right? right?
1: Yes. To put it simply, um, I drink a lot of caffeine. <laughs> and uh, more than I should. But um, I think just growing up as a musician... I've, I've kind of understood the hustle. Um, and it's just, you have to grind every single day. And, and I know, um, people are like, take it easy. Sometimes you got you to rest and, and take a break. But when you enjoy it, it's, it's really easy to wake up. And, you know, some days, I am like, I wish this pandemic was over, so that I could just go outside and, and see my friends. But other days, I'm thankful that I get to be, quote unquote, working from home, um, where I wake up, I get to come to my computer, I set out the tasks tasks I need for the day, what I need to get done. And I'm also really fortunate that I've filtered the artists that we work with really heavily in that they understand that this is not a one-way street. Um, Mm -hmm. and that myself and other people on the team have other things in their lives that they're also passionate about. We're all just multi-passionate people. Um, So if you find like-minded artists that get that and that are willing to do the work with you, um, then I think you set yourself up for a way better success rate uh, than if you were to just take on any artist because they need a manager. Um, So I'm a huge fan of just If that means we only work with four artists or two artists for the next three years, um, then that's what it means. I would much rather do that than take on a big roster of artists who expect us to do all the work for them. Um, So I guess just individually, my secret is just to be excellent at time management um, and and plan in those those days that, you know, hey, on Wednesday, I'm going to be working on my own stuff. But before Wednesday, I'm going to make sure that everything my artist needs um, is done so that on Wednesday, I'm not trying to kind of juggle everything. It's very like Tuesday, I'm working on the business or Wednesday, I'm working on my own stuff. Half of Thursday, I'm, I'm in meetings and doing some rehearsals. So it's kind of just making sure that my time management skills are on point.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. Important.
1: Yes i do miss performing though that's not being able to perform has helped a little bit in the uh time management space <laughs> i don't have I any i can't how
0: you missed it yeah uh you mentioned that um there are some basic things like very basic things for us but do you think those basic things that um musicians should also understand should be a thing like do you think it's a lack this lack of knowledge is because of the I don't know kind of bad musical education where they don't put a lot of music business classes or it's just people themselves they're not really passionate about this side of things and they just decide to not do it (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of things. Um I think the barrier to entry into the music business is almost non-existent in this day, this day and age. It's like anybody can go onto DistroKid or TuneCore or CD Baby and upload music without any knowledge of the music industry. So there's there's not necessarily a requirement to you know, there's no certificate that you can get that says you can start releasing music in the music industry or the whatever. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit of that. People view it as, oh, this is so easy. It's it's a transaction. I'm going to pay to put my music mm-hmm. up on Spotify and they're going to pay me every time somebody listens and that's it. But for the people they who want to They don't go, even
0: know how much they will pay them.
1: <laughs> they don't. They don't at all. They're so surprised. <laughs> I know. You sit down and tell them and they're like what like uh, <laughs> I'm in the wrong business you know what I mean so it's it's <laughs> being being real with them but for the people that I I, I don't think it's um ignorance I, I don't think it's artists just blatantly saying I don't want to know about that I think they do want to know they just either haven't been told by anyone don't know where to look and like I said the music business is so complicated. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've had thousands of conversations just about publishing with one artist because I'm trying to explain it in a way that he understands. Um, cause it's just a, a kind of a hard concept to grasp if you've never been exposed to it before. Um, so yeah, I think, it, I think it's the low barrier to entry for artists. I think it's, um, just a lack of knowing where to look. And just now I'm starting to see, you know, whether it's accounts on YouTube that talk about here's how to release your music, you know, I'm starting to see little bits of those guys say, hey, make sure you set up with a publisher. If you don't know how to do that, check my other video. I'm starting to see that more. Um, And I'm hoping that as we move forward, you know, into 2021 and 22, that artists realize they can't depend on just one income stream. Because mm-hmm, clearly, definitely, that you know, kind of, did people wrong for for our crazy pandemic times. So the yeah, more even if an number one
0: musicians, yeah, don't concentrate just on their music.
1: Right, right. Oh, I I would I would be willing to bet that you know, the artists that you see in the top fifty or whatever major record labels, I think that you know to an extent they know a little bit more than you think, you know, they're, they're able to have those conversations about their own business and that's, that's what you want to set them up for. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's going to get better for sure. Uh, And it just takes artist managers and people that are on the artist teams to be sure that they're educating their artists as well. And if the artist is really serious, if you know, anybody listens, listening to this, that is, thinking about becoming a serious artist, educate yourself on all of those things. It's not just about, you know, getting your music up on a streaming platform, so.
0: And if anybody who's listening to this wants to be part of 92 Creatives, what are the things <laughs> they should have already?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, it honestly depends on what level of involvement you want us to be, uh, to be there with you. I think... At a at a base level, you have to have some type of uh, identity and understanding of who you are as an artist. Um, some demos for us to understand what we're what we're working with. Um, I I hate to say that we want you to have a little bit of knowledge of this stuff because we can always educate you, but just a willing a willingness to learn um, and a willingness to work with hardworking people. Because um, mm-hmm. we all want, we all want the people on the team to succeed. So, yeah, I think if you're strong in in your identity and you know who you are as a musician, um, we can always have a conversation. We're always open. Like I said, we have a, a pretty wide spectrum of artists. So, if we and click is location and we connect, important? Not at all. I mean, we. I think the the pandemic has proved that. You know, location doesn't quite matter for most of the stuff that we do you know we can get on zoom Mm -hmm. in la and (laughs) russia who could not be farther apart by the way (laughs) we are literally like the farthest you could be in the entire world and we are on zoom recording a podcast like what? yes we are that is 2020 (laughs) ladies and gentlemen so if there is an artist in russia who really wants to work with 92 creatives Me well, a they should at least
0: speak speak English, right? <laughs>
1: hey, yeah, I, I'm really trying to learn Russian, but uh, <laughs> it's not happening for me. I could barely learn Spanish while I was living in Spain.
0: But you're good at music business, so it's fine. You don't have to be good
1: at everything. <laughs> I'll, I'll, hire, uh, I'll hire Sofiko as my translator. Okay, I can do <laughs> That's
0: that. How we'll get it done. <laughs> um. Since we are talking about your living in LA, I have this question. You live literally among all possible celebrities, musicians and all these cool people, which I guess can be inspiring, but also can be very overwhelming. Um, would you say that this atmosphere really affects you or you kind of get used to this and you just don't even notice that you live there.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I think it was more of the latter when you said that you don't really notice it until you're away from it. Um, I didn't notice the effects of the LA culture and like the LA just grind and hustle, like until I was in Spain, (laughs) until I was around other people that weren't from LA or in the music industry and just multiple people would always tell me like you gotta chill like you just live such a fast-paced life you're just always on the go Mm -hmm. like and I'm like what do you mean this this is what you just gotta do you just you gotta get to it you just gotta lead a busy life to be successful um so that kind of woke me up to like whoa maybe uh Life does move really, really fast here here in LA, but it's because you could say that people are here to, for a reason. You know, people move to LA to make it big. They move to LA to for the hustle, to meet people, to make it in the business. So there's always this sense of drive. You know, I've I've never lived or been anywhere quite like LA, just due to the artistic drive and, like, creativity. Man, I mean, I've i met so many creative people. Screw, like, the celebrities or, or you know, the, the big shots or anything like that. It's just the creativity that exists here. No one's afraid to try new things. No one's afraid to put themselves out there. So it when you grow up in that, uh, you don't realize that it doesn't exist everywhere else. People get to L.A. and some people are ready for it and some people aren't. Or it doesn't always everybody. And I think in in today's age, you don't need to be in LA to be in the music business. I think uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot more people are doing it remote. A lot more people are managing artists remotely or being an artist remotely. Not When I say remotely, I just mean not in a big city, not in LA or not in New York or Nashville or London. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of local artists just start to pop up because there's no need, you know, record deals, meetings, publishing, everything can be done online these days. And I think that's a, that's a blessing. You know, if you don't have to be in a crazy city where you're just drinking coffee and going from meeting to meeting all the time, then enjoy <laughs> it. You know, <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking bad about LA. I'm not, I love LA with all my heart, man. I, I, at this point, I don't want to live anywhere else, but it's a, it's a love here. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm
0: looking at the, the sun that. in your room right now and, I'm, <laughs> and I totally understand it. <laughs> um, what would you say are your life highlights?
1: A good majority of the highlights I've had in my life have come from performing um, because that's what makes me the most happy. Um, it's... I... You mentioned something earlier about Disney and my role that I that I played there. Um, just a brief update for the listeners who don't know: when I got hired at Disney, um, I was the first female to be casted in in the role of a drummer that wasn't in you know a costume or a Mickey head or anything like that. It was like everyone you could see my face, they knew it was a girl. So it was a big deal at the time, and that was back in 2016. Uh, so it was fairly recent that they hadn't had any girls in that position. And I've always just kind of led my life that I don't let that stuff get to me or or you know, blow up my ego or anything. It's kind of just like, cool, if I got hired because I'm a good drummer, then I'm a good drummer. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but I remember always going out to do our show, and there would be little kids dressed up in the guy's costume or little boys dressed up in the guy's costume with little drums and play along to our show. And it will be so cute. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, Louie's here or whoever's here with their costume on. Uh, and I vividly remember it was like six months into our show. And we went out on set and I there was a little girl dressed in my costume with a drum on. Her hair is the same as mine. And like I about lost it. Uh, I never forgot that day. I think she came and saw us in the show until the show closed. Um, I still have like a little note from her up on my fridge. Like it's moments like that where you you feel like what you do is worth it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's 100% worth it for the way performing makes me feel that that will never go away. Uh, but to know that you or like I've, inspired somebody else. That's what keeps me going. You know, it's if even if it means, you know, she never plays drums in her life, but just to show her like if you want to be this, you can be this. If if you want to be a female drummer, you can be a female drummer. If you want to be a female business owner, you can be a female business owner. You know, it's if you want to be a female artist manager, be a female artist manager. I I just think that the representation that I've been able to offer in my life uh, has been the most fulfilling part. So I would say a lot of my life highlights just come from that. Me being able to represent what it means to just be who you want to be and go after your dream, Mm -hmm. regardless of your gender or your race, color, whatever it is. Um, I think that's really important for, for younger kids to see, especially, um,
0: Definitely. You're doing such a great job and you really are a very inspiring person. I think you will inspire a couple of people who will listen to this episode for sure.
1: Yes, I, I really hope so. I mean, I've always struggled in my life is like I said before, I'm a very multi-passionate person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was told a lot of the times that you had to just choose one. Like choose one thing and do that. It's like, but what if I don't want to just do one thing? What if I want to perform and run a business? What if I also want to help other artists? You know, so what if I like fitness too? Does that mean that I can't like be really into fitness? So I think more importantly, it's allowing yourself to be multi-passionate, allowing yourself to like different things and be involved in different things. Whatever the mm-hmm. capacity is in your life, if it's your career, if it's your hobby, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, allow yourself to be creative and allow yourself to, to dive into what you want to dive into.
0: Mm-hmm. And at the very end, nobody knows you better than you nor yourself, so you shouldn't exactly. really listen
1: to anybody. Yeah,
0: um, how would you define success for yourself?
1: Success always has meant fulfillment. If I feel Fulfilled by an achievement, by something that happened during the day, I feel successful. I feel fulfilled every time I'm able to get out on the stage and perform. And in my eyes, that makes me successful because I get to wake up every day and do what makes me feel fulfilled. And a lot of people can't say that. A lot of people go to work 9 to 5, don't like their jobs, come home and are just miserable, go to sleep, wake up, do it again the next day, and they they just aren't fulfilled enough or happy enough to feel successful even if they're making a bunch of money. People that that are, you know, 6, 7 figure salaries at these big corporate places, you know, I didn't want that for myself. I've never wanted that for myself. Um so it's never been, success has never been about money. Success has always been about, do I feel happy and do I feel fulfilled at the end of the day? And if I can say yes, then I've made it, you know, I am I feel successful. I've also learned that the universe will help you out uh, if you are chasing your happiness and if you are chasing fulfillment, opportunities will come. And this is so nice to hear. <laughs> You know, you, I, I'm just a firm believer in that. And it's always worked out, sometimes not as fast as I would like it to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can always look back and say, I'm really glad I made that decision. It sucked at the time, but now, you know, I am where I am or, you know, I'm able to do what I want to do. When I made the decision to go to grad school to dive into the music business side of things, I had to leave Disney. I had to give up my performing spot at Disney and it was a really hard pill to swallow. Um, and, you know, at the time I went back and forth. I was like, I don't know if this is the right decision. i am just got to hope and pray that it's going to be there for me when I get back. And it was, it all worked out. And now I can say like, that was the best decision I ever made. And Again, I just kept chasing what makes me happy. If if something, if I can identify that something isn't going to make me happy, for example, being at Create, again, I love those guys. I loved working there, but the day-to-day stuff and what I was doing, I just didn't feel fulfilled. I wasn't happy mm-hmm. there. So I identified that really quickly, and I was like, I got to make a change. I have to pivot because life is short, and there's too many things I want to do to waste it on something that doesn't make me happy. So
0: don't let it. I just love to hear how throughout your career, you always tend to choose your own happiness happiness over anything else. And I think it's super brave. Not everyone can do this. So thank you for sharing your story. And now, at the end, I have some super quick questions. Some of them are silly. Some of them are not. So, the first one is Do you have any book, song, and movie recommendations for our listeners?
1: Or right. I just started diving into a book called The Lean Startup. It's really businessy and it's really heavy. Um, but for anybody that is like looking to start their own business or wants to know more about like the startup phase and how to kind of accelerate your growth, The Lean Startup um, is a great book that I'm blanking on the author, but. In some maybe in some show notes on the podcast notes, um, you'll be able to find the author. Um, a movie—it's not a movie, but it's a—it was a limited series on Netflix called *The Queen's Gambit*, and it was a story based on a female chess player. Um, one because I'm just all for like. Her being in a male-dominated sport and just owning everybody that came her way. I was, like, cheering for her every single episode. It got me so hyped. Um, so that is a, that is a great show uh, if you guys haven't seen it. I, I wish there were more episodes, but it ended on a great note. And it ends in Russia, you guys. So even more reason to watch it for Sofiko's <laughs> sake. <laughs> um but yeah I would I would 100% recommend song the song is hard Sofika why do you got to do that to me I go through so many different phases of song maybe time.
0: something you can always listen to and you never get tired
1: something uh like Beyonce that. I'm not just saying that I'm really not just saying that it's in all of my playlists <laughs> um The homecoming live album, especially because I'm obviously a huge fan of live music. Anything live, like I will listen to the live album, and I encourage other other people to do that too. Like if there is a live album, listen to the live album because Mm -hmm. times out of ten, it's just so much better.
0: Oh my god! Can we mention the fact that you were about to perform with Beyonce? (laughs) Why
1: are you gonna do this to me?
0: I just want to brag about my (laughs) friends.
1: Make me relive so Nicole: is,
0: Nicole. Nicole is being very modest, but like, uh, she literally got invited to perform at Coachella, um, but because she was about to go to Berkeley, she couldn't do it. But the fact that she was invited just can't we appreciate this? Thank you.
1: <laughs> it is one of my biggest regrets, you guys. Man, if I would have known. The the thing with with those gigs is like they don't tell you what it is at first. It's because it's so top secret. Um, Clearly. I mean, if it's Beyonce, it's extra top secret. But we basically just got a notification like, hey, if you want in on this gig, here are the details. It's these dates. And it was like six weeks all day we were like man this must be a tour or something like none of us put two and two together but it was like well either i do this and leave school and not finish my bachelor's in time to go to berkeley or i have to just say sorry i'll do it next time and then you guys i pass this up and what is it it is freaking performing with beyonce and coachella (laughs) and i've never lived it down never I I don't think I'll ever live it down it's okay you know I, I think um, I just have to accept it I
0: think you will have another chance oh my god but you performed with Kanye West can I again brag about it
1: <laughs> I guess that was a little bit of redemption that was a little bit of a redemption yes. for sure
0: <laughs> Um. next silly question uh, who is your celebrity crush jessica Bieber okay Okay, fair. Uh, what is the what is the most useless talent that you have?
1: I feel like all my talents are useless, aside from playing <laughs> drums. <laughs> um, I know a lot of Harry Potter trivia. That's kind of useless. I'm a Harry Potter nerd, mm-hmm. so if you need me for Harry okay. Potter trivia, I'm your girl. Okay. <laughs> It's probably pretty useless in the real world.
0: (laughs) And the last question, uh, which I think is always good to end the episode with, is who inspires you the most?
1: I'm going to give two answers. Uh, One is my mom, uh, just simply because she has always kind of fostered the ability to explore Uh, in me. I've never felt, never once questioned if I could or couldn't do something because of my mom. Um, She came to the U.S. when she was 28. Uh, So I think I get a lot of my bravery and my uh, fearless decision making from her. Um, So she's always kind of inspired that in me to just kind of go after what you think is best for you. Um, The second person, (laughs) this is going to be weird. Um, The second person is actually Yvette. uh, And I've never, I don't know if I ever like got to tell her that or if she knows or remembers me for that matter. Um, But I spent very little time with her while she was with us at Berkeley. And I just resonated with a lot of what she said about being true to yourself, offering help where it's needed, or being aware and being open to the energies of other people, um, being connected to your craft as both a business person and an artist, um, and I, I I can't really explain it, but at the time I was like, wow, like this is one of the first females like. Big corporate, huge impact females that I've been largely inspired by, um, not just on a business level at all. I don't even think my inspiration for Yvette is on a business level. I, I really think my inspiration or my admiration, I should I should say, for Yvette is is on a very personal, intimate level, like emotional level. Um, that's a side of of business people that don't get touched often. They're very mm-hmm. logical, like. It's methodical and it's on paper and it's this but if a business person or somebody who uh is is very educated like Yvette is is able to bring emotion and empathy to their job it's like that's what I want to be like I want to be Yvette in my space you know that's so hi Yvette thanks for your inspiration
0: <laughs> well I couldn't agree more with what you just said about no sure really so inspiring and she's definitely one of the most inspiring people for me personally and on this positive note I'd like to thank Nicole for being on the podcast today thank you for sharing your journey your thoughts I am really so happy to have you on the show
1: thank you my dear friend I hope that this brings insight and joy to anybody who listens and I know that you're going to continue to do big things because Thank you. you always have me as a friend whenever you need me. You know that. This is true. We are Taurus sisters. And like I said, it's I don't know if there's another podcast out there that has an interview from the farthest apart you could be in the world, you guys. Like, I'm I'm pretty confident in that, so congrats. We should get a Guinness Book of World Records for this. We should. Where do we apply? I'm actually going to go look that up. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, you are such a bright light, Sofiko, and it was such a pleasure to be on your podcast. I'm honored that you wanted to interview me, and uh, I can't wait to listen to all the other episodes.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day.
1: You too, my friend.